Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Uh, would you like to do the podcast thing? I think that's a good idea. We should do that. Let's do the podcast thing. Okay. Podcast thing. Podcast thing. Um, hello. That's our new th- Is that our new theme song? <laughs> podcast theme. It's new. <laughs> Welcome to Hacking the Grepson, where we come up with new theme songs every 40 or so episodes. I am, uh, I am Mike, I'm here with Matt, and today we're going to do another one of those episodes in the series lovingly referred to as Music Dev. And I think today the topic that I chose is pretty dang close to that, that word itself, Music Dev. I mean, it's about audio, which you can use to make music, and it's about developing, uh, you know, programming something to use audio. So um, today, I think we should talk about the Web Audio API. What do you know about that, Matt? Uh, I would say basically nothing. <laughs> Excellent. Do you know what any of those individual words mean? Uh, web is like a thing a spider makes, mm-hmm. and Audi is a type of car. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, it's and, an expression of surprise. And and <laughs> API is uh, well, I know what AAPI is. I don't know what API is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, I know what all three of those words mean individually. Okay, well then we're on, we're at we're at a we're at a good start here. Um, I I'm actually surprised that I didn't like choose this one this topic as one of the first topics that we did for this music dev thing because. I mean, this is pretty much the perfect intersection of where my two main interests lie, which is, you know, making sound of some sort for whatever reason and development. And the Web Audio API is kind of like, I, I don't know how old it is. I probably should have looked up the history of when it was actually introduced, but it's essentially a an application programming interface, which means that it gives you a bunch of objects and methods and properties and such that you can use to develop things on the web to um, play audio of any sort. Um, you know, both uh, pre-recorded audio or audio that gets created on the fly using like an oscillator or something like that. And then all the different ways you can change it and essentially the path it takes from the beginning of audio to your ears and, and, and how you hear it. So it's more than just, hey, play this MP3? I mean, that's probably like the simplest usage of like web audio. Uh, you probably probably the 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 one element that most people might be uh, aware of is the audio element, uh, which essentially just takes like a source, like an MP3 or a WAV file. And if you say, you know, controls equal true or whatever on it, and you open up a web page, boom, you get a little um, audio player with a play button and a pause button and a volume slider and all that kind of stuff. I have definitely encountered that before, yes. Yeah, and you can also do the same thing for video. Uh, it's just, there are two different tags. I'm not sure why it wasn't just one tag called media, but for some reason there's audio and video tags separately. If, if I had to guess, it's that audio playback is significantly simpler than video playback, which usually also includes audio. Uh, ha- having written a video player myself, I can I can say that's a pain. 
That's true. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, really, like when people think of MP3s, which are like the most popular uh, audio format on the web, uh, you know, it's really just the audio chunk of a media format uh, that got popular. Because I'm pretty sure, even though nobody does it, you can encode a video as an MP3. But uh, most people do MP4s. I don't know. Do you, can you shine some light on that? I believe you are correct. I've never seen it done, and I've had to deal with a lot of different video formats uh, mm. from my last job. Um, but I, yeah, MP4 is the prevailing uh, format for that. But MP3 is the precursor, as one would guess by the names. Right. And well, so I'm and sure it does both. Yeah, and I mean, like one of the the first popular video formats was MPEG, MPG. And MP3 is just MPEG-3, like level 3 or version 3. And MP4 is just, you know, MPEG version 4. It's it's all just versions of a format that were put out by, was like the motion pictures something group. Obviously, I did a lot of research for this. <laughs> I, I There's a time when I would have known exactly the answer to that, and it is not in my brain anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thankfully... Uh, the things that can be easily looked up on Google are not the the value proposition of our uh, podcast. Instead, we like to talk about the things and why we like them and why we're interested in them, not just what they are, which you can, you know, look up on the internet. But anyway, the Web Audio API is more specifically an interface that you program with via JavaScript. Essentially, like if you want to just play some audio on the web. You don't need to really touch the web audio API per se. You can just use that audio element, give it a source, and you know, bim bam boom, you've got a little player on your website that plays uh, an, an audio file, a song, whatever, sound effect. Uh, but if you want to do anything more interesting with it than just kind of the default play pause or you know, um, what's that verb? Uh, scrub. You know, through yeah, scrubbing through the... or seeking, depending on who you talk to. Exactly. Uh, you know, then you might want to get into the web audio API. And one way I thought to explain how the web audio API works is by making a diagram. And because this is an audio only format you're listening to right now, that was a huge mistake because nobody can see this diagram that I'm looking at right now, which would be incredibly helpful. Yes, you can. But the people who are not us are listening and cannot see it. So we'll, I'll put a link to this uh, diagram, which I'm sure someone else has already made and is on Wikipedia. But this is mine. And I made it in a very cool um, tool on the web that I had never used before called Draw, which is, you know, obviously a, a pun on Excalibur, uh, the, the legendary sword. Um, and it's just, it, you know, it's a pretty typical diagramming software. Let's you make boxes, arrows going between those boxes to kind of show like the flow of something. But their little gimmick is that their default um, uh, graphic style makes it look like everything has been drawn uh, by hand. So all the lines are not perfect and the little dashes are not, you know, exactly five pixels uh, separate from each other. The, the, the version you're looking at right now is actually only kind of like normal sketchiness. You can actually bump up the sketchiness so that it looks even more messily drawn, which I don't know. I find pretty cute. I, I, 
I have a coworker who uh, swears by Excaladraw, and I'm fairly really? confident that whenever he does it, he he puts it in the messiest possible. <laughs> and, and and like for myself, when I'm doing these diagrams, I am so picky about where everything goes and how it connects that mm-hmm. I don't know if trying to do it in the messy mode would would work better or if it would just break my brain. <laughs> Uh, Well, you know, I think what it's one of those things is you really have to give in to the gimmick. Like if you try this tool and you try that kind of um, thinking, then this will just rub you the wrong way. But if you are like, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm actually going to lean into that. Then this works perfectly. But really, I was just looking for something free and on the web that I could easily use. I think I tried a couple other things before. I've never owned like a diagramming software because I really don't make diagrams very often uh, that I don't maybe make on a whiteboard when I was in the office. Um, so I was just like, I don't know. What do people use? Oh, this looks fun. So here we go. I, I know this is taking this way off topic on, and it's on a tangent, but uh, what I use is mm-hmm. predominantly is mark is a markdown plugin called mermaid which lets you define oh. the entire diagram in text mm-hmm. and there's, there's a bunch of similar things plant uml is another one uh mermaid seems to be the most popular markdown one currently and then i'll just embed it into my markdown files and then like vs code has a as a plugin that'll show it to you and some of the like github i believe uh if you have a readme that has mermaid will automatically generate it um it's pretty nice Yes, uh, you know, I think I've actually heard of and maybe even used that once. Uh, I mean, on my my main development blog, all the blog posts, uh, I use something called Jekyll, which is one of those static site generators. And so all my blog posts are just Markdown. So I definitely occasionally need to do something. I mean, it's mainly text, but every now and then I like to do something a little fancier. And I probably ran into Mermaid at one point. I just completely forgot about it. But thank you for reminding me. Um So I think what would be interesting is so that it's not just me talking about this diagram the whole time is I would love for you, Matt, to take the left hand diagram and explain what you see and what you think this is showing you. Sure. I feel like I'm doing one of those like audio description uh, (laughs) things for for uh, visually impaired folks. Um, All right. So uh, the left hand side of this diagram is titled Analog Audio. And my assumption based on that is this is how you do it in real life uh, Mm -hmm. outside of the computer. Um, So you've got input, and I think your example here is a guitar. It goes through a volume knob, and then that goes down to a box called Optional Effects that has uh, things only some of which I know what they mean. Comp. (laughs) I'm guessing that's compression? Correct. Or compressor? Yep. Okay, reverb, I know what that is. EQ, equalizer, volume. Comp was the one I wasn't sure about. Um, mm-hmm. So it goes through all those optional effects, comp, reverb, EQ, volume. Hits the amplifier, um, and then it splits into two paths. The left path uh, is the left-right pan knob, um, and the other is the volume knob. And then there's also one that's a volume knob, um, and then and those are going to do different outputs, right? So you have the LR pan knob into the volume knob goes to output speakers and just straight into volume knob for output headphones. Although uh, I would think you would also have a pan knob there, but I don't know. I don't know music. <laughs> uh, no, that that was wonderful. The reason why I didn't have a left right pan knob on headphones is that 
most headphones I've ever used don't have a physical knob to pan. I mean, if you only want it on the left, you just take off the right headphone. Whereas speakers uh, might more normally have that. I might have overthought it. It's very possible, but uh, I think you got the basic idea. So what? So what this is essentially saying is that in in the real world, you have some kind of input. It could be a guitar. It could be a microphone. It could be uh, you know other audio from some other source like a sample or a stream from some, from, you know, like a, you know, you could be recording your TV, whatever, who knows. Um, but using the electric guitar as a, a, an example, it has a volume knob on it. So, and, and the non-dashed lines on here are like, that's part of that. You, it, it has to go through that. It's not optional. Like every electric guitar I've ever used has a volume knob. And so you can turn it to zero or you can turn it to one or somewhere in between and then you may go through a bunch of optional effects, like you said, a compressor, a reverb, EQ, distortion pedals, echo, delay. I mean, that orange, it's an orange box, has a lot of dotted lines because those are all optional, and you could just ignore all of that. You could take your guitar and plug it directly into an amplifier. What that amplifier does is it takes the, uh, you know, the sound energy that's coming out of your guitar and and amplifies it means it makes it louder so you can actually hear it because the 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 volume that's coming out of the amplitude that's coming out of your electric guitar is very low uh it most electric guitars are solid unlike an acoustic guitar which has a hole in it and a big hollow body and when you like flick a string on an acoustic guitar and that that string vibrates which makes some sound but also that sound goes into the hole of the guitar, bounces around in there, and amplifies it acoustically. The electric guitar doesn't have that, which is why it goes into the amplifier. I had an electric acoustic guitar at one point in time in my life. Couldn't play it worth worth a darn, but uh, <laughs> it had both things. Right. I have a couple of those, and those do both of it. it, it those also have the hollow body, so you can play it without plugging it in, or you can plug it in and get it even louder. So, uh, you know, but, but you want the acoustic sound because, you know, the acoustic guitars have a specific sound uh, that sometimes you want. And then, yeah, you have the two options of, uh, of outputs, either speakers or headphones. Those are kind of the general ones. Uh, and they each generally have their own, they might have their own volume knob or the, the um, like right now I'm on a laptop going to headphones. The laptop itself has volume. So that's yet another, you know, gate uh, for the sound and and how it's affected. And that's generally how you make sound in the real world using an instrument. Um, did that all make sense? And do you have any like questions or comments about that, Matt? Uh, no. I, yes, it made sense. No, I don't have questions. Okay. So that's analog audio. So that's no programming, no development. But interestingly enough, the web audio API and doing audio stuff, at least in the web, you know, this is not... This is not uh, every programming language. This is largely uh, JavaScript that's being output on a web page that's written in HTML slash CSS. So if you're doing this in something else like C or Ruby, you know they have their own ways of taking in um, uh, audio information and outputting it to things. But at least as far as the JavaScript way, this is the diagram that it came up with. So. On the right side, 
Actually, you know what? Let's go back to Matt. I, this is an even more fun uh, diagram. I want you to explain what you uh, see and let everybody know how amazing and impressive it is. Well, first off, it's just <laughs> a beautiful picture. I'm, I'm so impressed. Um, all right. This, this half of the diagram is entitled Web Audio API. Mm-hmm. It's input. So the previous input in an analog, in analog was guitar. Here, your example is a MIDI keyboard uh, mm-hmm. or MIDI keys. Uh, that goes through, again, a volume knob. And then it hits something uh, which apparently is a function based on how, the way you wrote it uh, called MIDI access. And Correct. then that hits this giant green box, uh, which ultimately goes out into output speakers headphones. And then mm-hmm. inside the giant green box is uh, from MIDI access, it goes to oscillator node which goes down into optional effects. There's also two other things that apparently just go in, uh, audio buffer source node and media stream audio source node. All those three inputs go into optional effects in which you have a dynamics compressor node, uh, convolver node. I really Mm -hmm. don't know what that is. Uh, Wave shaper node. I understand that one. Bi quad filter nodes, I could take a guess, and panner node. Pretty sure I know what that is. Uh, gain node would be for the gain. Uh, so uh, coming out of the optional effects, it hits the gain node um, and then has an audio context destination, which then goes to the output speakers. And then there's just this uh, lonely box uh, next to all that that just says audio context. It's very lonely. I don't know what that's for. <laughs> well, so the lonely box is mainly because I wasn't sure how to like add a label to the big green box, but that's what that is. Uh-huh. It's uh it's essentially saying that all of that stuff in the green box is a part of an audio context object. That makes sense. Okay. So an audio uh, context object has a uh oscillator node and has a gain node. Mm-hmm. But but it doesn't have the MIDI keyboard or the volume knob or the MIDI access. That, once again, due to space and just, you know, this could have been clearer, but basically what I'm showing is three different types of inputs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oscillator node is uh, being fed by the MIDI keyboard. The audio, and, and that requires a MIDI access object, which is essentially like your browser asking can I talk to this, this MIDI controller? Like, can I listen to what it's sending me? Um, and right. you say, so yes, like if I'm on, yeah. if I'm on Chrome and it says, Hey, uh, this tab wants to use your microphone. It's probably similar to that. Uh, exactly. A- effect I expect. Yeah. The audio buffer source node, that is just a fancy way of saying like a sound file. So ah. an MP3. I would have um, thought that that was media stream audio source node, but maybe that's for a stream and supposed to a file. Exactly. That's that's for if you're streaming something like real time, like with a microphone or something like that. You can literally just say, turn on the microphone and I'm going to start talking and it's going to go into a media stream audio source node and then do all the rest of the stuff. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And then so, yeah, so JavaScript basically has audio buffers, which are a kind of array buffer. It's just that it has, you know, audio type data in it. And that's what. And then, and, then, and then that goes into the big orange box of optional effects. Uh, the dynamics compressor node is the same as a physical compressor. Convolver node is uh, analogous to re- reverb. Uh, wave shaper node is actually um, analogous to distortion. Uh, 
So if you want to like, you know, totally bump the, the wave file that your audio is making so it clips and makes that distorted no- uh, noise, that's what that's for. And then so that the would bi- let you change like uh, your typical like sine wave into like square waves or triangle waves to get the various sounds. Exactly. Yes. Although oscillator nodes, thankfully, uh, already have all of those built in. You can just make an oscillator node and say, "Give me a sine wave, a square wave, a triangle wave." The wave shaper node is more like if you want to give it distortion if it doesn't already have distortion. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Or to make more custom kind of wave shapes. And then biquad is the EQ. Um, okay. And then panner node is, yeah, panner is, is panning left and right. And so all that's optional. So you could just have an oscillator node with a sine wave set to like a certain frequency, you know, going E, and then skip all that orange stuff and go right to a gain node, which just gives you a volume level. And then that goes into the audio context destination, which you have set up to be, you know, whatever the output of your device is. Um, And then all of that stuff is inside an audio context object. So you could have multiple audio contexts um, on the same web page for various reasons. Um, But the point of this, I mean, if if you're listening so far and none of this quite makes sense, uh, looking at the diagram that we'll link in the show notes will make sense. But my main point is that in the real world, you have inputs, they go through various effects, potentially, that change the sound of whatever your input audio device makes, and then they go into some kind of output. On the web, using the Web Audio API uh, and in JavaScript, it's basically the same thing. You have some kind of input, be it a uh, you know raw digital wave, like a sine wave, or a sound file, or somebody recording into a microphone. It's just, it's different kinds of inputs of audio information. They go through optional things that can change how they sound, how loud they are, whether they're on the left or the right side of the stereo field. And then they go into uh, a final gain node, which is essentially your volume switch for the whole thing. And then that goes to some kind of output. Uh, obviously, this is a very uh, um, you know, high overview of how this works. And there's many different things that you could do with this. Some of the things I've done with it are uh, in the music guessing game that I made, Nebutal, or the Sound Lister web app, which is essentially give it a bunch of audio files and it will make a playlist on the web for you. Just generally uses the the audio element, and but it uses uh, JavaScript to kind of change like which audio is is uh, loaded changing it between different audio files on a playlist, you know, going, skip, going previous track, next track, pausing, shuffling, repeating, all that kind of stuff. For Nebutal, it would do something like play the first second, play the first two seconds, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Those use cases make sense to me, right? You're taking existing sounds, Mm -hmm. existing media files, and you are um, processing them dynamically uh, Mm -hmm. to do something such as building a playlist or, you know, I, I assume if you wanted to do fading from one track into another, if you had a video game, that's the kind of place where you do this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know you also use uh, Logic Pro or or one of those types of like just audio programs. And where I 
looking at this picture initially was surprised was to see the MIDI keyboard coming into this web audio API when I know you have, and we talked about it in our libraries episode, you know, there, there are full on programming uh, environment or not programming environment, music development environments uh, mm-hmm. for that kind of thing. So why would you choose the web audio API for dealing with like your MIDI keyboard input as opposed to something like Logic Pro? Well, if you just wanted to record a song using your MIDI keyboard, yes, I would probably use something like Logic um, or um, Ableton Live is another one, uh, Pro Tools, Cubase. Those are all digital audio workstations, and they're perfect for hitting record, playing a bunch of notes on an instrument, hitting stop, and going back and listening to that. For me, locally, that I would then export to an MP3 and share with someone. The Web Audio API, on the other hand, is great for building interactive audio using web apps that you can then share on the internet. For example, I made um, a, a web keyboard that is called Keyboard, K-E-E-B-O-R-D, because, you know, obviously the real word is taken. And if you go to it, it's essentially, it looks like a piano, and you can click with your mouse, you can tap with your finger if you're on a touch device, or you can use, you can use the actual physical computer keyboard, like the QWERTY keyboard, or you can use an actual MIDI controller to play that piano, which is on a web page. Obviously, I can't do that in Logic Pro. That's just for me. But if I want other people to do something with it, you need something like the Web Audio API to essentially take all those inputs and then make sound on a web page and then have it output where you want. Because And then it also has all, that, all those orange boxes. There's like reverb and there's compression and all that kind of stuff. And it's all, you know, it's like little things that you can click on a website with a little slider, drag it up. Uh, turn it on, turn it off. You know, it's it's about building interactive web apps, basically. Right. So you you would be inclined to use that with the MIDI keyboard or whatever if you wanted to make a similar experience to what you might find in like GarageBand, mm-hmm. um, but provide it to other people via a web page. Exactly. Um, that's okay. exactly that's a great way to put it. It's like making the piano version of GarageBand on the web. And then uh, you could also do something like a soundboard if you wanted so that you have a bunch of different uh, audio devices or I could see like a drum kit type thing. So, okay, I I see the use for this now. Yeah, it's like it's it's about making interactive musical instruments on the web. That's that's essentially what you would use this for. Another thing I've used it for much less, uh, well, much less web audio API and more like binary file API is this other website I made called Audio Hash. What Audio Hash does is it lets you, using like a file upload, create up to 10 file uploads on a page and then hit a button and it takes um, a smidgen, like a random smidgen of, which is a technical term for, you know, a certain number of seconds of one of those audio files and mashes it or hashes it together to make sort of like a mix of those. So I could put like the 10 tracks of an album up and say, make an, uh, a hash out of this or a mix out of this, and it will go and grab random bits of each thing, slam them all together, and then write out a new WAV file 
uh, using essentially like like the file write read capabilities of JavaScript. Um, but also, before you do that, you want to be able to listen to each of them. So essentially, they're like tiny little music players. So you upload it, you look at. It, I want from ten. I want ten seconds of this, twenty seconds of this, thirty seconds of this. Blah blah blah. So you definitely need to use the web audio API if you want to build something interactive like that because you have to be able to ingest a bunch of different audio and you know mess with it and then combine it and then export it to new files all that stuff is in there interesting have you ever read the book um uh, by douglas adams called dirk gently's holistic D detective agency no but i think i've heard of it so it's a great book first off um it's it's not in his hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy series it's basically his other series one of the main characters in that book is is a programmer basically and he has developed basically a plug into a spreadsheet that takes the spreadsheet data and turns it into music and oh. what you were just describing reminded me of that um and you could, it seems like this is the kind of thing you could absolutely that's the kind of thing you could absolutely build in something like this yes you can do a lot of things with this uh i I've, I've only done a few things mainly cuz i'm just like i thought oh hey i want to do a thing Okay, here's how it, how it worked. Audio Hash came from literally me making an album of music and wanting to make like a teaser, like a sampler of it. And I'm like, well, I could manually go and choose a random 15 second slice of each of these and put it together and fade them in and out, da 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 da. Or I could program something. So that's why I made something like that. The keyboard idea is like, yeah, I've got Logic, yeah, I've got GarageBand, but. I'm not always at a computer, but I do al almost always have my phone. And so if I made something like the GarageBand piano, but on the web, I could use it at any time. And I use that all the time. I just like have an idea. I want to plink out a couple notes. I just open up my website and bam, I've got like a GarageBand keyboard. You could not do that without the web audio API. Huh, so, cool. yeah, so it's, uh, you know, and, and what, one more I wanted to mention that's, that's super tiny and is the least usage of this is on Gem Warrior, it plays MIDI music in the background uh, and uses MIDI sound effects. I wrote the MIDI in Logic, but I play it on the website using this thing called Web Audio Tiny Synth, which is a essentially a MIDI wrapper around the Web Audio API. Like it basically takes the MIDI information and uses the general MIDI library of sound and maps it to it using the web audio api and then plays that music on the web um i didn't make that library that's an that's an awesome library it's super fun because midi is easy much faster to write than trying to create something with raw audio and and export it and it's and it's easier to um check into git because it's just midi and midi is very small compared to raw audio so that's another thing that web audio api does that i've used Interesting. Yeah. So hopefully that's a, gen a, a a good overview of basically like how the Web Audio API maps to real life and what you might use it for and how awesome it is. Because once I found out about it, I definitely started thinking of like, how can I use this more? Um, th there's lots of cool examples on the Mozilla Develop Net Developer Network, MDN. I use their documentation for Web Audio API and lots of web stuff, but... They have very good documentation on this and a whole GitHub repo full of examples to show you like all the different things you can do with this API, which I've barely touched the surface of. But, you know, if nothing else, hopefully this, you know, whets your audio appetite for making sound on the web. Sound good? 
Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, cool. Well, that's uh, our episode today on the Web Audio API. Uh, another episode in the series of Music Dev. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another one in a, in a bit. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for us today. Um, you can find more episodes of Hacking the Grepson online at hackingthegrepson.com. And until next time, we now return you to your regularly scheduled lives already in progress. <laughs> <laughs>